Oh yeah, week three of the Home Dogs podcast, a celebratory week three. We are riding high off of a big time Sunday and Monday in week two. We went eight and two overall, just nailed absolutely everything. Uh, four and one, a pair of four and ones in the Circa Football Millions contest. Uh, Mike, Mark, and Trav with you as always. Hopefully we'll give you some more winning picks this week, but uh, it'll be tough to top last week's effort. Uh, we are now seven and three overall in the Circa contest uh, in both entries. A pair of seven and threes. We are tied for 421st place after two weeks out of uh, roughly 4,500. So we're doing great. If we keep this up the rest of the year, uh, I think we'd all be pleased with that. But obviously, a lot of weeks and a lot of work left to be done. We went all in on uh, Dougie Peterson, the Philadelphia Eagles, two doubles, doubled with Philly on Monday night, and then we doubled Jacksonville and Dougie Peterson, the former Eagles head coach against the Colts, 4-0 with two doubles. Mark, gotta love the double strategy finally coming through for us, right? Oh, yeah. It's nice to have my Jags in the next two. That was such an easy cover, watching Jacksonville cover, you know, as an underdog at home, they, they shut out their opponents, so that was really wonderful. And even the Eagles uh, was like a comfortable cover to, to watch and follow. So just, just an awesome week. It doesn't get much better than this, uh, so just gotta, gotta savor these ones. Yeah, I think we all liked a lot of games last week. We left a couple winners out. We didn't take the Jets. We didn't take the Packers. Uh, we did smartly leave the Saints out at the last second, so that worked out for us. But uh, this week, a lot harder. Trav, just it never gets any easier, right? When you think you know things, then the, they throw a tough board at you, right? Yeah, definitely. Particularly, we had, I mean, some dogs that covered nicely, and then you turn around, and all of a sudden, these lines are a hell of a lot tighter. I think we had three games last week with 10-point spreads or more. This week, the highest spread that I see on the board is seven, and then you got a handful of sixes, but a lot of really tight games here. And, you know, it's this also the time of year where you start developing your own opinions about teams on the field, and then you get fucked around, uh, you know, with what the actual trends are, what the statistics say, and what the advanced statistics say, too. So it gets harder as you go along, not easier. And we, we got to thank Kyler Murray and the Raiders, uh, an epic collapse by McDaniels Raiders, but Kyler just running around like a maniac somehow gets us that backdoor cover. Somehow they win the game, not only just backdoor cover, but just a wild end to the four o'clock slate that uh, I, I was just standing up yelling at the television. Every single Kyler drop back is absolutely just heart pounding because he's he's running around. He's so short, but then you don't know, is he going to pass it? Is he going to run it? Just a phenomenal mark. Uh, what was it like watching that? Yeah, it was awesome. I think we got to give a shout out to uh, Cleet Blakeman, uh, the head referee in that game. I think he he kept us in a lot of drives alive, and uh, I don't know how many penalties he called on the Raiders in the, on that last drive, um, but he certainly kept the Cardinals in it. And I think we got to shout down AJ Green, who probably had four drops um, in the fourth quarter. So um, epic game, epic cover. We'll take it. How do you guys factor in? Like when you think about last week, there were three games we were only involved in the Arizona one between, between Arizona, Miami, and the jets kind of coming back late. Like, you know, having been outplayed for the majority of the game, you know, how do you balance that as you think about the way to manage these teams going forward? You know, they basically got outplayed and there was some, I'd say fluky plays, particularly in the jets game, maybe a little bit in the dolphins game. You know, it's just, it, it that's what makes it so hard. I think. Yeah. I mean, I I, I think it's mostly flukiness. Um, yeah, I, I think you can't take much away from from the fourth quarter comebacks. I think we know the Jets still suck, but <laughs> they do have like some talented players. I will say that, but I still think their defense is pretty bad and offensive line is pretty bad. But they they have some pretty awesome skill position players. At least you got to be excited about that, right, Mark? Yeah, for sure. Trav, Giants are two and zero. I mean, right everything's nine. going. Everything's coming our way, right? Yeah, yeah. We may score over twenty one points this week. All right, so great weekend overall. Uh, eight and two. You know, we obviously want to go 10 and 0 one of these times, but I will take that. And if we can keep replicating some of these performances, even coming close, we're going to be in great shape going forward. But uh, we got to always look ahead. We can't look 
in the past for too long each week. We can't get too high on ourselves because uh, we will get punched in the nuts. That is for sure. And uh, I do not like a lot of games this week. I really struggled. I've been staring at these lines since Sunday night, just trying to see which ones would speak to me, which ones would call out to me. And there's not a lot out there yet. So I don't really have anything that I love, love, but uh, I will throw it around to you guys to see. We obviously have to pick five games. We have two entries, so 10 games overall. The doubles worked out for last week. We'll see uh, if we want to do that again this week. I, I would think we are going to because I don't know if we can do 10 games here. But uh, Mark, why don't you start us out here? I had a couple games that I like, but I, I agree. I think it's a tough board this week. There's there's nine home underdogs in total, I think, which is the highest in week three since 2003. But I have the top of my board. I'm guessing you guys are going to disagree, but I'll throw it out there. I have New England plus two and a half. Um, <laughs> first game every week. Yeah, versus, versus Baltimore. three weeks in a row. Um, yeah. I realize there's there's a lot of question marks that you guys have on the Patriots, but uh, I mean, are, are we sure the Ravens are, are are that great? I know they were up big, and then the the Dolphins came back and won that game. Baltimore deserved to win it, but um, Baltimore did get a ton of big plays last week, which is I think hard to replicate. They produced four plays of thirty plus yards, and three have gone for touchdowns. Very just very hard to continue to rely on that. And I, I feel like you know Bill Belichick, classic. You know, what do the Pats do? They, they prevent big plays. Um, they only gave up 13 points to Miami in week one. They also have a history of defending tight ends very well. Uh, last year, they finished fifth best in DVO against opposing t- tight ends. Ravens secondary is a little banged up. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey played last week, but but weren't 100%. Marcus Williams left last week's game. Um, and then their rookie safety um, looks like he's totally lost right now. Kyle Hamilton, their first round pick. Bill is seven and four straight up versus Harbaugh, um, having most recently played Baltimore in week 10 of 2020. They were seven point underdogs at home in that game, and they won that game outright. The Ravens could only muster two pass completions over 20 yards in that game. Patriots are five and two against the spread with four outright wins as a home underdog uh, in the last 15 years. Um, I, I think it's just a good, good spot to, to fade the. Uh, Fade the Ravens and buy on the Patriots here. I think people are just assuming that the Ravens, um, you know, just had issues in the fourth quarter and they're going to come here and blow out a Patriots team that hasn't looked great. Um, so I think there's a little bit of value on the line. Plus, the trends are nice, I think. Yeah. I mean, the trends to me, I don't know, 80% of the bets on the Ravens and 70% of the money. So I'm not sure what you do with that. You know, to the plus side, Mark, the AFC East outside of the division this year is 4 1 and 1 against the spread. So that would definitely favor New England. You know, I don't love taking the team that comes off a cover against the team coming off a non-cover. And to your point about the Baltimore big plays, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, they've scored 0.6 points per play, which is third best in the league. And so maybe that's abnormally high, but I would say New England, you know, 0.2 points per play offensively, which is 29th worst in the league. I'm not sure that I trust what I see out of Mac Jones right now and the, the weapons. I mean, Aguilar had a nice touchdown last weekend, but beyond that, I just don't see very much. Uh, yards per play, Baltimore is seven. Uh, yards per play, which is best in the league. Again, your big play point is fair. Uh, New England is five yards per play, which is 16th in the league. And just from a DVOA perspective, Baltimore is still you know number three overall. New England is down at 13. So maybe that's the discrepancy that would get you. New England is a two and a half point home underdog. I hear it. It was not on the top of my list, but uh, you know, I think we're going to have a lot of work to do between the time we finish wrapping this pod and actually submitting our picks on Saturday. So, you know, I don't have a strong enough opinion to say, you know, to, to throw it out of the, the mix yet. Yeah, I had it in my second tier. I, I didn't love it just because, you know, we had New England last week, obviously, and it, I guess it was a comfortable cover, but Pittsburgh kept giving them the ball to try and run out the clock and they finally were able to do it, but it really was painful for them to put that game away. The offense just, it's not fun to watch. It's very plotting. There's a lot of runs up the gut. There's a lot of punts. It's just, it's just, they just get ugly and that's how they're going to win. But as a home dog, I do like it. Home dogs this year are nine, five and one against the spread. 
So uh, I do want to have a few in our group this week. Obviously, there's plenty to choose from, so we'll see. But uh, one other thing to support you, I do like 80% of the bets are on Baltimore, so that's always a good sign. And then Bill in his career is 15-4 and four against the spread as a home underdog. Obviously, Brady's not there. But uh, yeah, I keep it around, but I, I don't love it. We've been on New England here twice. I'm not sure I'm in love with the idea of watching another Patriots game, but we'll see. Trav, what about you? Yeah, I mean, similar to you guys, I, I have games that I kind of like but don't love, and it's a relatively you know shallow pool at that. Um, one of the games that you know I like from a trend perspective and has a couple of things going for it is Houston getting two and a half in Chicago. Houston has 50% of the bets and 80% of the money, which is positive. A couple of stats here. Underdogs in the game with a total below 42. The total here is 40 and a half. Cover 60% of the time, so Houston would be the underdog in that game. And then winless dogs between one and a half and seven points. Um, in weeks two to four are 127, 81, and four, which is 61% against the spread. I figure that's 20 years or so. DVOA, Houston 21st overall, Chicago 30th. Houston is 16th defensively. Uh, again, I like the trends. And then winless teams versus teams that lost in, in week two um, are 63% against the spread in week three. And so that would fit this game as well. So I kind of like the lovey revenge factor. Um, I think Houston is going to play well defensively and keep offenses uh point production down and i don't not sure that chicago needs a lot of help with that based on what we saw against green bay although that green bay defense has perked up a lot so it's just one i had circled I, again I, I don't love any of these so you know feel free to shoot me down but uh i did have houston circles as a two and a half point road dog uh in chicago this week uh i, I don't have much to much commentary on this. i mean i think it's a fair case uh question the the line value at just two and a half but you know maybe chicago is not good enough to be to be a home favorite, even against Houston. I don't like the fact that Houston's coming off a cover, Chicago's coming off a non-cover, but you know, I think you make compelling points, and I, I do kind of like the, the lovey revenge, revenge factor, so I, I would consider it. Yeah, I keep coming back to this, too. It's tough. I just don't understand what Chicago was doing last week. Like They drove down the field on an opening drive. I guess you know the, the first 15 is scripted or whatever, but fields look great, and then he throws 11 total passes the entire game for 70 yards. Like, what the fuck? What are they doing? Like, is this... Nagy bullshit all over again. Like it made sense the first week in the rain when he only had eight completions, but I'm just, I'm at a loss. Like, is this, are they waiting to unleash him? Are we going to be like one of these weeks? He's just going to come out slinging and we're going to get screwed. Like what's going on? I mean, are are we sure fields is like that good to begin with? Um, I mean, I, you know, he didn't look great last year. I know. Um, I know it's a new regime this year, but, and I don't think they have like many offensive weapons either. It's hard to pinpoint what the problem is, but something's clearly not right with that offense. Yeah. Uh, their defense has been okay, I guess. It's hard to say, obviously, with the rain game, but they have played Green Bay and San Francisco, two teams that played in the NFC Championship, and now they get Houston coming in at home. So I'm a little scared, but two and a half is probably going to be unique. I can't imagine a lot of people are going to be on the Texans. Is that what you think, Trev? I mean, I don't. I think in this game, because both teams have been relatively unattractive, I don't think it's going to be very popular. But yeah, I mean, I can't really gauge in a week like this where it's tough for us to figure out what we want to do. I think it's awfully tough to figure out what the rest of the group wants to do, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. We have not. Uh, it's been pretty hard to uh, to pinpoint at least what consensus games are going to be. We'll see if we can zero in on that this week. The, the The money splits in all these games is pretty crazy. There's a pretty high percentage of bets and money all on the same side of one game. So you'll be fading a lot of pros and uh and Joe's this week, I guess. So that that's tough. Uh, I'll throw out one that I think I like a lot. I don't even know. We're just throwing shit against the wall this week. But I like the Vikings minus six at home. I'll stay in the NFC Norse division uh, hosting the Lions. They're laying six, which sucks. This Dan Campbell team is like a backdoor cover machine. So you're obviously scared doing that. But 
I just don't know if it's sustainable for Detroit to be the highest scoring offense in the NFL over two weeks. That's got to come back a little bit. Hopefully the Vikings D at home with that crowd can, can play a little better than did in Philadelphia. Kirky off a bad Monday night. We know he can't play in prime time, but he's pretty damn good at one o'clock. So I kind of just like the Vikings to lay the smack down here. My only issue would be that Minnesota's defense is 30th in DVOA. And it seemed like the Eagles could get a first down whenever they wanted. Packers moved the ball, just couldn't score. So uh, again, I don't love this one, but Trav, I, I know you. we talked about this on Monday night. Are you still feeling the Vikings here? Yeah, I had a light circle on the Vikings, but only because I like kind of coming back to them after they got waxed on national TV on Monday night. The statistics, I mean, would not point you in this direction, right? I mean, in total DVOA, Detroit, I know it's only two weeks in, but Detroit's ninth, Minnesota's 23rd. Uh, points per play, Detroit scores 0.6 points per play, which is fourth best in the league. Minnesota 0.3, which is 24th best. Detroit, seven yards per carry, which is first overall. Uh, and then Minnesota defense, 28th in opponents' yards per play. So this does not feel like a great matchup for Minnesota, candidly. No. Um, you know, it you know, laying six at home to a team that's been pretty good, I would say, uh, so far this year. And obviously it's only two weeks in, but I did have it circled lightly because of, you know, them kind of not playing well against Philadelphia. I think they're better than what they showed against Philadelphia. Philadelphia's gonna make a couple teams look like that this year. But it, it you know, when you actually look at the statistics, it, it's awfully tough to justify. There's nothing on the trend side that that jumped out. I mean, sixty percent of the bets on Detroit, fifty-five percent of the money. So it's it's pretty amazing. Like Dan Campbell did super, super good last year against the spread, and this year he's off to a two and oh. Uh, start against the spread as well. I, I'll just want to point out the the last three games between these two teams have been decided by two points exactly. Um, so they played close games recently in the Dan Campbell era. And I, Mike, I thought it's so crazy that Bills are number one in scoring with 72 points and then the Chiefs and Lions are second with 71 points scored this season. Just just wild that the Lions are up there. Kirky was a 6-0 and against the Lions before Campbell got to town. 1-1 and last year, but like you said, both those games decided by two points. So Maybe it's a stay away. I, I'm just really struggling to find games here. Uh, before I throw it back to you guys, let me just throw out one dog that I do like. I guess you could call this the basic bitch bet of the week that Trav coined last week, but I feel like we just got to stick with our Jags for one more week, getting seven against the Chargers in LA. The Jags have, have played well both weeks. They made some really dumb mistakes in weeks one that cost them, but uh, they played a perfect game against the Colts. They can move the ball. Defense is frisky. They got a good coach, or at least what we think is a good coach. And Herbert with the ribs, there's just so much uncertainty. I think you just take the seven and, and hold your breath and hope they don't get blown out. But I do think their their offense is good enough to keep it relatively close. And in a, in a week where I'm struggling, we might as well just take the biggest dog on the board. So what do you think here, Trev? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I was curious about it too. It would feel, I mean, I, I there's apparently 50% of the bets and 95% of the money is on the Jags. If you could believe that, I'm not entirely sure how that happens. Such good trends. I mean, I, I agree with you. You feel like you just throw it in the mix, but it does feel really square because they won this, this past week and made it look really good, but they lost to a really crappy team on the road in week one, you know, so it, it's just, I don't know if the, the line value here is, is there honestly, which seems weird saying it's the highest spread on the board. I, I like it. I don't love it. Yeah. I think I'm Jags number ability. two overall in DVOA. I, I just think it's really early to be throwing DVOA stats out. Personally, <laughs> I know we got what nothing we else. Think, we have nothing uh, else to go on. I, I, I agree. Throw out I think a, <laughs> it's not like the against the spread. You know, when you say like teams that have done this and then are coming off yeah, the win yeah, or loss, that has no true. bearing on any fucking game ever. But we love to point to them and be like, "Oh, that's a great reason to take this." Hey game. guys, so. I think Mike, I think you just uh, had everyone shut off the podcast because I think that's what they come for. 
<laughs> All right, don't worry. I have plenty more of those stats to throw out, and they're going to be the sole reasons why I take these games. But yeah, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We've done a good job. We did a good job avoiding the Jags in week one, and we rode them. So maybe it's not just avoid them this week. I mean, I think the the look ahead for this game was was LAC minus nine too. So um, yeah, came down two points. I, I think it's worth monitoring Herbert too. I mean, I know he's going to yeah. play, but is he going to practice? Um, you know, they had a couple injuries coming out of that Thursday night game. They also have the extra rest and you have Jacksonville flying across the country. So those are things we've talked about in the past that, you know, yeah, we can just ignore them for this game, but you know, we do no, bring you, them up for other games. So just want to mention them here. You guys are right. Okay. Um, I don't need to force that game. We did mention the shitty team that they lost to in week one. This team I think is, is prime for us to finally take them. And that's the, the, the Washington commanders for the first time ever getting a full seven at home now in the division against the Eagles who are flying high after hooking us up on Monday night, shorter week, Divisional dogs this year are four and one against the spread. I'm sorry, divisional home dogs. Uh, I think the Saints are the only losers this past Sunday. Uh, obviously, the Carson Wentz revenge factor could be huge. The Philly fans I know in my life, they're texting me Twitter memes, everything under the sun of how awesome this Eagles team is. Uh, that whole city was on fire on Monday night. We called it that that crowd was electric. You could barely hear anything those first few drives, even on TV. So I just think going up to Washington, I do think there'll be a lot of Philly fans in attendance, but uh, I think the Wentz revenge factor getting the full seven with ron rivera am i crazy here mark no i think i think we we have to take it i think it's just like a classic us game a home divisional dog just looking at just gonna throw out some of those stats road division favorites between three and seven in the first half of the season are 10 and 15 against the spread in the last five years so that would fit the the narrative here i, I think a possible negative i think i read that uh washington's center uh, Nick Martin is out, so they signed somebody else. I think, and you know, we always talk about you know changes at center it can kind of throw that offensive line off a little bit. Um, yeah. So just gonna put that out there now. But I, I, I think we just have to blindly take this game, especially given the board this week too. Yep, total. I'm in total agreement. I mean, I actually had it at six and a half, so the fact that it's seven is even better. You know, there are a lot of negatives if you want to actually look into it um, with Washington. You know, thirtieth and opponents point yards per play. Uh, defensively, I don't think that defense is any good, but it doesn't matter. I like the weapons. I think that they can manufacture enough for Wentz to you know, put a couple of points on the board as long as he takes control of the ball. I mean, ultimately, to me, that's what this game's going to come down to. If Wentz can can uh, take care of the ball, not turn it over, I think you know the seven points can be more than enough to cover in this game. Oh, Wentzy, let's get ready to ride. I think we have to take it. So, yeah, the look ahead on this was three on Sunday after... The commanders lost in Detroit and moved to four. And then what, after the Eagles won on Monday, it moved to seven. So that's just that's just crazy line movement. For, yeah, tons of line value. Yeah. I agree. Got to take it. Okay, Mark, uh, what else you got for us? I think that's our yes, favorite game I think game this so is going to be another tough one to swallow. And Mike, you might be on the opposite side, but I like Indy. I think the line has come down a little bit. They're plus five and a half at home. And this is, uh, I think, a stat that I've thrown out in previous years. But teams off a shutout loss and our three-plus point underdogs have gone 51 and 14 against the spread the following week. And that's a 78% cover clip. Um, I think this is just a game you have to blindly take. Yeah, it sucks. It's it's against the Chiefs, um, who are on extended rest. Although I'll point out, uh, Andy Reid, since he went over the Chiefs, he's three and five against the spread coming off a Thursday night game. I think the trends look pretty good. Uh, high percent of bets on KC, low money. The negatives, I think this this. Gus Bradley Colts defense is, is has looked suspect so far. Obviously, the Colts didn't score a point last week offensively, so there's there's lots of question marks, and I think there's injury concerns as well. So we'd have to kind of maybe follow that and monitor that the rest of the week. But um, I, I think this is another game to just kind of buy low on the Colts. 
Yeah, I'm not sure about blindly take it, but Mark, I, I generally agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, the five and a half feels a little bit like a dead number. Um, possible look ahead situation here for the Chiefs playing the Bucks in Tampa next weekend. Another Andy with extra rest, but not a buy is seven and 10 against the spread. I know Mark, you had slightly different number for a different whatever metric, but it, you know, the point remains that, you know, with extra rest is is not as good as advertised. Another team here where you're 0-2 straight up and against the spread, covering 60% plus in week three, which would be Indy. You mentioned that the dog's off a shutout, which is a good stat. Um, the other thing is Indy's 9-3-1 and against the spread under Reich, getting more than a field goal. So that would point you to this game too. Trends, 70% of the bets on KC, only 50% of the money. So that may lean you to Indy a little bit too. But that five and a half just feels like a weird number. I mean, Kansas City could come out and blow this game open and you know we're all going to be regretting it. So I, I think I'm, I have it in kind of tier two or like it, but don't love it. Yeah, I got plenty of bl- blind stats here to go the other way. I'm not advocating to take KC, but mainly just stay away. Mahomes, 19-0 and straight up, 16-3 and against the spread. The week after a win versus a divisional opponent, that's a BS stat, but whatever. Uh, 17 touchdowns, two interceptions against Gus Bradley defenses. Obviously, he was with the Raiders the last couple of years and uh, did not do particularly well with, I, I would say, equal or more talent. I don't know. Colts defense pretty banged up this year. We'll see if some of those guys are back. Mahomes, 13-0 uh, in his career as a road favorite. Final one, teams in week three that are having their home opener in week three are just 19-34. and 34 and two against the spread. That's only 36%. So that that would apply to the Colts and the Pats, two teams that we're eyeing here. I, I would much rather take the Pats as a home dog as as far as the two week three openers at home. I, I get the case. I, I just, the, the Colts have not done a single thing to make me think that they're worthy of, of keeping this game close. But obviously, we know the Chiefs to to have some clunkers along the way. I just don't know if this is the same Chiefs team. Maybe they're, they're a little, have their eye on the prize a little bit more. That's what I can't figure out. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess the only thing I'd, I'd also like to throw in is just, I mean, Frank Reich, his team's notoriously slow starters. I think he's been 0-1 or 0-2 in each of his five seasons. Their preseason over-under was 9.5, the Colts. So I, I feel like you know they're, they're not as bad as kind of like they're being portrayed as right now, whether that's reflected in the line or not. I'm not totally sure, but just throwing I know. I just wish no. we had the full seven like when it when those yeah. was posted because yeah five and a half the Chiefs score a touchdown at seven nothing you're like shit right yep. <laughs> yeah I, and i i like reich and i think that he had, he's been put on the hot seat by a couple of people but mark i agree with you i mean you know he started out poorly before the team's been pretty consistent under him as the season goes along i think the struggle i have is matt ryan has looked horrible it appears to me that reich is just going to keep going to these kind of washed up quarterbacks and i want i thought that matt ryan was going to have kind of a, a better bounce back year uh, he just looks bad. So I, I don't know that, you know, if the chiefs and that's another thing, this team's going to have to play from behind and I'm not sure they're going to get there, but and we need, knows, Pittman. I, I, we need Pittman if that's going to happen. Cause he was his go-to guy in week one. He didn't have him in week two and he couldn't, he couldn't do anything on third down. He was just throwing it up in the air and getting picked off. So, uh, that, that was a huge loss for them, I think. Cause he's really yeah. their only legit weapon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they can ride Taylor, you know, in close games, but you're not going to run to keep up with Kansas City, I think. I mean, did, the, did they, the Colts beat the Chiefs last year or was that two years ago where they went into KC as like, I don't know, 10 point underdogs and one out, right? Do you guys remember? I think that was two I years ago. Two years ago. That okay. was on a Sunday yeah. night. Yeah. With no crowd. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is the home opener. They're 0 1 and 1. So if they win this game, they, they might be right back in the driver's seat to win that shitty division. So uh, we got to consider it. A similar game with a similar line. We might as well just talk about it too. Is Buffalo has now dropped to minus five and a half at Miami. I have no idea what to do here. I'm sick of going against the Bills. Even when they screw up, it seems like they can still just explode for a shitload of points. So I'm not looking to back Miami off of that miracle cover, but I'm also not willing to to lay five and a half with 
with the Bills. It's just a stay away, Trav. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, the, the only stat that I kind of like in support of my man, I, I'm, I, I was a proponent of Tennessee last week. It's a bet that I would make again because I still think the stats were there to back it up. And Rabel is a dog I still like, but it obviously was a total disaster. And Buffalo is a, a fucking rolling ball of chainsaws right now. But Miami, you know, is a 2-0 and home dog here. 2-0 and home dogs are 11-3 and against the spread since 2003, you know, which is kind of an interesting statistic when you put it all together. But I don't think that you can go against Buffalo right now. Hmm. They're they're gonna they're gonna mess up at some point. I mean, they had yeah. the nine six Jags loss last year. Like they're they're not gonna roll through the season perfectly, but they look awfully untouchable now. And I don't see the value in just trying to pick the time that they're gonna trip up. Yeah, yeah. Josh Allen has owned Miami in his career too. I was, I was thinking too, like yeah. the, the McDermott's has owned uh, Tua too. I feel like sorry to cut you off. Um, no, no, yeah. you're right. We we took uh we took Jacoby last year at home, I, I believe, against the Bills, and they lost thirty five to nothing. So that was fun. <laughs> I think Allen's won seven in a row against Miami. So, all right, stay away here, but I'll keep the Colts around just because you're right. I guess the Chiefs are more palatable to go against than the than the Bills right now. So that does make sense. Mark, uh, what other games do you have? Uh, I got another hold your nose. I like Carolina plus three. I know this is the second or third straight week we're doing this, or I, I'm looking to do this. Um, <laughs> since 2003, 2003, when two teams that are winless against the spread play each other, the underdog is covered at a 65% clip. The trends look pretty good here. Uh, looking back at last year's schedule, these teams split their games last last year. Carolina won 26-7 last September in Carolina with Jameis at QB. And I also just feel like this is uh, kind of like a kitchen sink game for Rule and Carolina. Like If you're going to salvage your season, you have to do it when you're 0-2 playing a divisional game at home. You know, if they're going to do anything, if like they have to, you know, throw everything in you know, all the, all the bags and the tricks this week. Is- yeah. I mean, this is one I, I did not have a circle on, but Mark, I certainly understand the case. Um, it's another game with a total below 42 where the underdog covers 60% of the time. That would be Carolina here. They're 0 2 straight up and against the spread. Those teams also cover 60% of the time, which is Carolina. You know, interestingly, again, maybe it's too early to think about this stuff, but Carolina is 19th in total DVOA. New Orleans is 22nd and Carolina is better from a DVOA perspective than New Orleans on both sides of the ball. And so I think it's teams. defensive. And spe- I didn't look at special teams, but thank you, Mike, which is remarkable because the Carolina kicking game, no bueno. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's another home dog in the division, so it can certainly stay around. I, I think it's a defensible case. Mark, I know uh, I'm in on this game, but it's funny that you keep. How many games in a row is a kitchen sink game for rule? Because. This is uh, now nine in a row where he hasn't covered the spread, and <laughs> Carolina is two and fourteen against the spread in their last sixteen games. So we've gone down with a lot of kitchen sink games for Matt Rule. This entire fucking season is a kitchen sink game, and all he can come up with is that whatever the fuck they did against the Giants, uh, Baker on the run is a train wreck. All the Giants had to do is get a little bit of pressure. He rolls out, and he can't hit anybody when he's running. Like it's not even close. Last week's game is different. Like Carolina fumbled, I think two kickoff returns, and then Carolina defense dropped. And the Giants put up a monstrous six yeah, points on those. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, but then Carolina, Carolina dropped. Carolina was like up a, 13 6. Pick six on Daniel Jones, too. I mean, like yeah. just the turnovers just didn't go their way. Like fumbles were kind of just unlucky. Um, but Mike, I do got to bring up your text from last week at 109 p.m. Uh, last Sunday, you, I think this was after one of the fumbles. <laughs> or maybe, yeah, I think it was, it was after the first fumble and not the second fumble. You said, let's hope Rule takes touchbacks now. Rule is a mess. Panthers fumble. <laughs> this coach sucks. Go back to Baylor, you ugly dwarf. Uh, oh, the, Baylor uh, wouldn't take him back. Baylor no, wouldn't text. take him back. And it was painful having to root for 
us over the Giants. I mean, I was I was happy the Giants won at the end of the day, and at least we we went eight and one the other games. Other than that, but man, the Panthers are rough. But I'm ready to hop back on. I mean, Jameis is playing with a freaking broken back, and that game was a freaking war against the Bucks. Their their offense is in trouble too. We'll see if Kamara plays or not. I do think that is a big factor for them because Jameis with the dump offs are a big part of their offense. I, I am a little scared though. I hate taking the Saints when when people are low on them. Also going against them. Because the Saints have been so good to us over the years. But I guess, I guess Peyton's gone. Uh, Travel, uh, what else do you have? I know they're coming off a cover and their opponent is not. But I got Atlanta as a pick in Seattle. A couple of trends here. You know, remarkably, Atlanta had a winning record on the road last year, which I think kind of went under the radar. Now, they are 2-0 and against the spread. Is Are the Falcons really going to go to 3-0 and against the spread? I'm not sure. But you got a couple other things. They're a winless team versus teams that lost in Week 2. Again, cover 65% of the time. That would favor Atlanta. Um, they have the exact same trends as Jacksonville does. You know, 60% of the bets, 95% of the money. Again, I'm not sure how you get 95% of the money, but supposedly they have it, um, which is a positive. You know, Atlanta, 0.4 points per play which is seventh in the league. Seattle's only 0.2, which is 24th in the league. So I don't know. There's something there with Atlanta. I don't know that I love taking them on the road as a pick them, but I think Seattle kind of stinks and it could be an interesting spot for Atlanta. Again, you know, they had a a good track record on the road last year. So just trying to come back to a team that maybe we haven't really taken that often. Yeah, just seeing if this may be an opportunity to, to, to do it. Did, did something happen? Because I, I feel like I looked at the line maybe like three hours ago and it was Seattle minus two. I see it's now pick them. Like you said, Trav, did, did something happen in the last like three hours or just money? I think the sharps in? are just hammering Atlanta. I, I'm down with it. I just, the line value sucks. Cause are we, would the Falcons really be six point favorites over Seattle and Atlanta? Maybe they would. I mean, Seattle could be the Maybe. worst team in the league. I've, I've said that on our text side many times and the peak of their season and the peak of Geno's career could be that first half against the Broncos. And that could be it. They might not, they might not win again the rest of the year, honestly, or go two and 15 or something like that. I'm, the roster certainly set up to tank. They do have a good home field advantage, so in a sense, they're kind of like a home dog with the way this line is is made. But I, I do like the fact that Atlanta's been on the West Coast all week. They fought back against the Rams. They went straight to Seattle. They've been practicing there, so I, I guess that means something. But that Arthur Smith is is not much better than Sneaky Pete in my book right now. So it's tough. But I, I like the weapons on Atlanta more than I like Gino. Mark, are you still in on Gino, or is just that one? Week? <laughs> I think it was just a one week. One week. Okay. Yeah, I would keep it around too. I think I like Denver on Sunday night. I believe it's now San Francisco minus one and a half at Denver. Just a pure, at some point, Hackett has to turn this around, right? Or or just a colossal failure of a head coaching fire and, and uh, Russell Wilson trade. I, I know Russell's probably never going to be the quarterback he once was, but he's still above average, top 15, 16 in the league. So for them to be home underdogs in Denver in September, a tough place to play. Everybody's loving Jimmy G and Kyle after he comes in and saves the day. But, you know, now they do have to shift their offense around a little bit after what they had planned for Trey Lance in this year. I don't like the Jimmy G and Kyle are 13 and three against the spread as anything shorter than a three point road fave. Uh, that sucks. So when they're favored by three or less, they're 13 and three. But uh, I just think it's a, it's a great spot for Denver in prime time. Russ likes to cook in prime time, do his corny shit in the post game interviews in prime time. So I anticipate like it I, week one. I, <laughs> yeah. All right, but this is a real prime time. This is NBC, not not the ESPN. So I don't know. No. Am I crazy here? I've I've kind of talked myself out of this, but I think uh, on pure principle we should stick to it. What do you think, Trav? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the Jimmy G stats, obviously, against the spread are remarkable. I mean, he covers 70% of the games on the road, which is impressive. Uh, the look ahead was, you know, the, I think Broncos minus three. Now it's one and a half they're getting. So obviously tons of line value would appear on Denver. I just want to monitor the injuries on that side. Certain, I think, and Judy were banged up. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're going to play. I think it's something to, worthwhile to keep in mind. Um, you know, at some point, I do think the Denver offense is going to wake up. But, you know, hasn't shown any, any real signs of that so far. So just kind of kind of cautious, but the line value I think would be there. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think while Hackett and the offense has been uh, a disaster, the, the the Denver defense has quietly been pretty good. Um, since halftime of the opener against the Seahawks, Denver has allowed nine total points, uh, zero TDs in the last six quarters. Um, they're fifth best in the league in yards per play allowed. So there's some positives to kind of hang your hat on. I, I, I just... <laughs> I just don't know if, if Hackett's just a total disaster as a head coach and Russ might be washed up as well. But I, I think we, we should take it given the line value for sure. Yeah. I mean, I know other people have pointed it out on the internet, but the, the crowd was chanting or counting down the play clock because they were screwing up so many times. <laughs> the home crowd was counting down out loud because they were having so many issues. Like at, at one point they had a third down. Hackett couldn't decide what to do. They were in field goal range. Took so long to decide. Finally sends the field goal unit out. They get a delay game. They're out of field goal range. They punt. Like we had them in Survivor, and luckily they they pulled that out. But it, it was a rough watch. Russ is like um, when they make parody football movies. He's like the quarterback, <laughs> like the guy that's just so unaware of what's going, and not even on the field, just totally like no self awareness or anything. Yeah. he's totally hateable. Like I just can't, I can't take it. And didn't they sign him to an extension before the season started too? Yeah, two hundred like, million. Yeah. Holy fuck! Like what? What? Ugh. I, I did I read know, like man. a uh, conspiracy theory article this week that the Broncos solely hired Nathaniel Hackett to kind of lure Aaron Rodgers to Denver. And then yeah. when that didn't work, they kind of panicked and traded for Russ, even though uh, Pete Carroll in the offseason said they had no intention of trading Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. They overpaid for him. So uh, it was Sneaky Pete could have been right about Russ. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Denver, uh, six trips to the red zone this year with no touchdowns. That's got to work. How many fumbles? More more fumbles than touchdowns. <laughs> Certainly. I, I was also reading, um, this is a Sean Hockley game. Sharp Football Analysis puts out like a quick little article on referees for the week. And I guess Sean Hockley is 26 and 39 in his career um, with home teams against the spread. So the home teams cover a 100% clip, but it'll, it'll be a penalty fest regardless. Okay. I don't need to force that one. I just, it seemed like good value, but. But I, I love the San Francisco team. It was such a pleasure watching them when Jimmy G came in. It was just like old times, just beating up on bad teams, running the ball, little dumpers over the middle, going for 15, 20 yards. It's just a pleasure to watch. So, I mean, the only touchdown they gave up was a block field goal return the other way. So San Francisco defense and offense looks to be really legit right now. So maybe this game's just a stay away. Trav, you have anything left? Uh, not that I had a strong circle on. Mark? Um, Looking... A lot of games to discuss, so. though, if we yeah. need to enforce. One, one that I had earlier in the week, but the line has moved in the wrong direction, was was Dallas on Monday night. And they were, I don't know, I think the line at some point was Dallas getting three. Right now I see Dallas only getting one. So that's a little tough. Yeah, kind of like the Giants now, but I'd rather mm. get involved. I mean, this game was four and a half. The, the Giants don't beat the Cowboys. I know. Uh, what, what do you guys think about, uh, I, I have no side on this game, the Bengals-Jets game. So I, if we did want to throw one square play in, I think it would have to be the Bengals. Just if, if this doesn't happen, then then their season's pretty much over coming off an AFC title. That seems pretty crazy. 
I know that like we were pretty down on Zach Taylor and his career and he kind of showed us last year or maybe he just fooled everybody because they had an easy schedule and won a bunch of close games. But the offense tell- has too much talent to-, to suck for this long. And the Jets defense sucks. I think the Jets defense is 32nd in DVOA. Sala is 3-8 and eight against the spread as a one-score dog. I like that. 0-2 teams that made the playoffs the year before, which uh, the Bengals are 11-6 and six against the spread, covering by an average of 5.1. So the just 0.1 above what the spread is down to right now. So are you in on this one, Trav, or is it too square? Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, that's one that I liked earlier in the week, and I just didn't get there you know, as we were coming into this. But I, I, I think the Bengals do have the offense, at least all the offensive weapons to kind of bounce back here. The offensive line, I think, has been the real problem in the first couple of weeks. They had a ton of turnovers, too, in week one. You guys remember. So I, I don't know. Laying five on the road's a little tricky, but the Jets are never going to be flying higher than they are this week. So I think I would take it as a flyer if we're looking for games. I agree with you. These are kind of the total square games, but 90% of the bets, 90% of the money on Cincy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And the five is kind of a weird number too. I mean, that could be, you know, 27, 10, 27, 14, something like that. what did you think of your Jets yeah. last week, Mark? They totally didn't, didn't deserve to win and they, they didn't look good. I mean, really until that, you know, the last two minutes in the fourth quarter, I mean, the offense played decently, but the defense was, it was a wreck. They have no but pass yeah, rush. Yeah. yeah no, no, pa- you're right. No pass rush whatsoever. Despite having like a very deep defensive line. It's, it's funny that their corners are actually very good. Um, but they just can't get pressure for whatever reason. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think, was like number three in PFF's quarterback rankings from from last week. So um, Burrow could have a big day. I, I think I like Cincinnati the, the more we kind of talk about it now. I mean, the, the spread last year when, you know, it was the Mike White game uh, was Cincinnati minus 10.5 in New York. So, mm. you know, that's come down considerably. And then just thinking like week one this year, the Ravens were favored by 6.5 or 7. And I think, you know, going into the season that the Ravens and the Bengals were somewhat comparable teams. So maybe we're getting like a point point of value here. You also have obviously a long track record of Flacco against the Bengals. And I bet the results are not great, which is kind of surprising when you think about those Baltimore teams against the, the Cincinnati teams over the years. But in his 20 games against the Bengals, he has a passer rating of 72, averaging 200 yards a game, passing 21 touchdowns and 25 interceptions. All right. I think we've talked wow. ourselves into a pretty good game here. So. It's probably going to be consensus, but who cares? Maybe it won't be because people I don't think it will got be. scared off the Jets and Bengals are playing like crap. I kind of like this in Survivor too for us. We've got Ravens and Broncos done. I don't see a ton of options here, especially with the Herbert uncertainty. So I would lock this one. Just like I said in week one, if Flacco screws us, Flacco screws us, but I can't see him winning two in a row. Yeah, I think I would, yeah, Bengals or Chargers, I think, for Survivor. Yeah, I think there's a yeah, good time. It's tough, that big road fave. I mean, I, I don't... It is what it is, but there's just not a lot of options here. I know. At least MetLife is still not intimidating, right? No. No. You score one touchdown, the place is completely, you can hear a pin drop. So. Yeah, but at the same time, you could lose two or three guys to an ACL injury during the course of the game. <laughs> that is also oh, true. While we're on Survivor, what, what did you guys think of uh, Cleveland as a potential? I know it's Thursday night, but you know they are favored. It's Trubisky on the road on a short week. I, I feel like Pittsburgh yeah. could be going to pick it next week after this little you know, extended yeah. week. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of made the case earlier to consider Cleveland. It would have been the third game to consider, but I just, there's not enough options. So I was just throwing it in the mix to hear what people thought. They're averaging 200 yards a game on the ground, which is a game that may travel really well on a Thursday night, short week there. You know, you can maybe ground and pound a little bit more than you can, um, you know, throw the ball on a short week. Mm-hmm. Cleveland power ranks. The defense is third. Um, and I forget what this is a PFF, I guess, power rankings. 
the Cleveland defense is third. The offense is 10th. Somehow that adds up to them being the 13th overall. But how is the defense? They um, give up 31 points to the Jets. I, I don't make the power ranking 24 to the Panthers. I know. I'm just saying. OK, yeah, no, I don't know. I, I don't disagree. But, you know, you are Tomlin is a dog 46, 23 and two against the spread, which probably doesn't matter. And in, in survivor and is a dog off a loss. He's 16 and seven against the spread, which is 70 percent. So I think it's still the third game. Maybe it's depending on Herbert would be the second game I would pick. Again, I hate having that big road fi- road fave with Cincinnati, but I'm not sure that it, it would it'd be awfully ballsy, I think, to take Cleveland here in the in the survivor. Yeah, seventy five percent of bets and seventy five percent of the money on the Steelers. So I, I could do it. I mean, is it better than Cincy? I generally prefer home teams for Survivor, but that's just me historically. With no, totally, I totally agree things. with you. It's just a, there's nine home dogs this week, so it's tough. Uh, yeah, Pittsburgh and the Jets are both. I mean, Pittsburgh's bad. Pittsburgh's really bad. Trubisky, they're, they're yeah, I had really Trubisky. high hopes, and I'm I'm just, I think I'm just dumb for ever believing in Mitch. He's he's not good. Well, I mean, I, I'm there with you, but. It's also the play calling. Play calling is terrible. It's the same as last year. Whatever they're doing with Ben, they're just trying to do it with another quarterback, and that's not working. They they have no running game. They can't run the ball. I don't know if it's Najee Harris not being good or the line sucking. Probably a mixture of both. It's bad, and, and they're missing T.J. Watt, and they're on a short week. Cleveland's angry off a loss. Yeah, I'd let it marinate, but we got to lock this by tomorrow at seven o'clock, eight o'clock. So, uh, if we do take the Browns and Survivor, we will let you know. Certainly, won't be taking them in the contest. Any other games? to touch on uh i kind of what about arizona and the rams i mean i don't know if people have a view i'm not sure that i do um but the trends are attractive for arizona 50 percent of the bets 80 percent of the money i hate that they you know rallied to win and the rams look disappointing obviously and so it, it feels very square but the lines actually moved higher uh i think in arizona's favor so i don't love it i just it's a game that we haven't discussed yeah mcveigh five one and one against the spread versus cliff six and one straight up Average margin of victory, 14 points. So I kind of like the Rams a little bit. Just feel like people might have soured on them because they let Atlanta come back, but they, they dominated for most of that game. And then Cardinals pulled out, out of their ass. So, I mean, that, yep. that first half yep. was just an abomination of play calling and coaching and they, so many penalties, so unorganized. And then I think they just got just so, all the momentum and a, and a crazy comeback. But I don't know if I'm prepared to, to watch Arizona again. How'd you feel about it, Mark? Uh, I, I have nothing to say on this game. I mean, I, I, I think if, <laughs> if you guys had a, a side, I, I would consider it, but I, no. I don't see it. What, so what about uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay? Um, I think Tampa Bay is at minus one and a half right now, or minus one now. Yeah. Looks like the money's on Green Bay. Uh, I, I didn't have a side here, but kind of curious what you guys are thinking. Uh, For no reason at all, I, I, I kind of would be on Green Bay over Tampa if we had to take the game, just the injuries, and Tampa just doesn't look right. Not that Green Bay looked right necessarily in the first game but at least the defense has come alive for the last game and a half obviously both defenses are really good but i don't know i think if i if i had a gun to my head and had to take this game i think i'd probably be on green bay the total also has been really weird i know we talked about this but like the totals come down six points in the last few days for what i think is no reason at all and now the total is what 41 and a half 42 yeah i guess yeah, it's, it's just bucks uncertainty with mike evans being suspended godwin who knows if he's gonna play they just brought cole beasley in off the street uh per brady's a crest so bucks d has been awesome that's all i can say about them they yeah, got the job done last week keem hicks is out uh i think he's out like a month um he's their, their defensive tackle but yeah they, they have been great and I, I feel like bulls has historically done well against rogers but yeah maybe maybe this is the green bay's the sharp side here given given all the injuries and suspensions with with tampa bay it seems weird the packers wouldn't be favored by 
by five here, right at home. I don't. I, I don't think it's like home field advantage is three points anymore. No, it's closer to two, right? That's fair. This game seems like just like stay away and watch it. But I guess I would throw the Packers in if we needed to. Mm. Should have done Rogers I'd last rather. week, but I'd rather not. Yeah, I think there's only uh, another similar line. Vegas minus two at Tennessee. I don't know if anybody really wants to watch this game or bet on it. No. Titans really, really let us down there on Monday night. Started off well. 7-7. Seven, seven. Lost 41-7. to seven. So that was fun. Yeah, it got, I mean, it got <laughs> it got comically bad, but yeah, there was, a, you know, a time even late in the third quarter where they were alive. They just looked like garbage and they were never really alive. So it's not, it's not good. No. I kind of like the Raiders a little bit, but it seems silly to be, to be laying that with them going across the country and then favored by two against Tennessee. That's probably a stay away. Tannehill might just stink now. He had his... Well, he's always kind of just stunk, I know. but he's been successful and <laughs> right, productive. Right. And, and Henry's okay. probably yeah. hit the wall, maybe. All right. So, <clears throat> looks like we have Cincinnati or Cleveland in Survivor. We'll make that decision on Thursday. And then the games we seem most excited about were Bengals, the football team, I should say the Commanders. It's still hard to get used to. <laughs> that was really it as far as major excitement. I guess Atlanta, Carolina. We're not there on Houston being kind of a top tier excitement. <sighs> it's not okay. for me. Okay. It's it's That's... in it's in my top it's in my top six. So yeah, it'll probably get played. But uh, I'm not I'm not jazzed mm-hmm. about it. I wish they were getting three. Uh, you you guys don't have Carolina in your, your top five. Uh, I, only because of the the pain. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Like there, a recent memory. Indy is going to be tough for me, but we'll probably end up needing it. Minnesota is probably a smart stay away, but it is a fave, a home fave, which there's not many of this week. Denver is probably a stay away. Oh, this slate sucks. Jacksonville, we could see with Herbert. We might have to throw that in. Ugh. All right. We got a lot of work to do, obviously, a lot of texting and uh, and research to do. Let's see if uh, I think Mark, you mentioned uh, Hockey Lee was doing the Niners Broncos game. Uh, Scott Novak, our old friend Novakane, doing Packers Bucks. Another reason to stay away there. He was brutal on Monday night. Just that that Grim Reaper face coming at us seventeen thousand times a game. That's not fun. Hussey's doing Lions Vikings, so you know you're going to get a clean, no bullshit game there. At least if we did want to go Minnesota. Uh, Cleats doing Texans Bears, so he really hooked us up. I think both weeks this this year. So maybe we go with uh, with Houston there. The chef. Where's Brad Allen this week? I feel like we haven't seen a lot of Brad Allen recently. Brad Allen, uh, I think he's off. Maybe he's off. Okay. Everybody gets a bye week. Land Clark doing Giants Cowboys on Monday night. Get excited there. Uh, Jerome is doing Bengals Jets. Mm. Nobody's really bothered me. This year, other than Oculi, I got to say, I feel like the officiating has been pretty good. I mean, Novocaine wasn't great, but he didn't screw us. So I'll, I'll forgive him. We haven't gotten like truly, truly burned, right? So it's no, coming. but I, I think we've been on the right side with with Cleet. Um, yeah. I mean, I think if we were Raiders backers, we would be, <laughs> be pretty mad. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. So we, we'll get our picks out at Home Dogs Pod on Twitter. We have a lot of work to do. This is a really tough week, but uh, we're riding high. So we do want to get you some winners. Obviously, we want to win for ourselves. I got nothing on the announcing. I thought Kirk did a great job in the Thursday night opener. Doesn't annoy me, doesn't get in the way. Obviously, hearing Al again was just great. So 
I got nothing bad to say. The Amazon stream is what it is. Hopefully they'll figure that out as the season goes along, obviously with uh, us all being on different times and even my own devices weren't, were 90 seconds apart. So they have to obviously clean that up, but overall it was pretty good. I didn't really catch much of the dude. Perfect stuff, but Travis, I know you, I know you tuned in for a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did <laughs> tune in for about five minutes of that. And it was, um, well, it was something I, I did kind of like the stat cast, the, uh, alternate feed that kind of shows, uh, most plays I would say are the, the all 22 and it shows you like routes and then it, um, it, it was kind of cool. I don't know. It, it has Alan Kirk, um, as the audio. So you can kind of watch it for a little bit more information, I guess, if it's not overwhelming to you and, uh, still get, you know, their call. So I, I, I enjoyed that a little bit. Yeah. So, so that's just another option, like in Amazon prime video. Like yeah. Quick. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so like when you select the game, then it gives you um, like a pop up with four different boxes for which feed you want to choose. Yeah, there's the all 20. Very there's cool. the stat one. There's the Spanish one. And then there's uh, the dude. Perfect one. I don't, I don't know if the DP boys are coming back for every single game, but uh, <laughs> I, I turned it on for one second and they were drawing the coaches with ketchup and mustard. And then I I turned it off. So I watched the uh, <laughs> the dunk bank battle where they were throwing footballs across um a room well the guys are in a dunk tank well those guys like they've been around for probably like 20 years maybe not 20 years but like 15 years at least 10 it's like they were one of the first like youtube trick shot they've got to be worth hundreds of millions right they they have like 100 million followers on social media combined who knows what the hell amazon's paying them i'm sure they're overpaying so god good for them uh mark you're getting iron eagle this week on the jets game so oh big game big game hmm Mm, that's really all I got. Uh, Olsen and the number one Fox team are at uh, Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, I, I really haven't heard Greg Olsen speak this year, so I'm excited to <laughs> have the volume on that game. I feel like their their games have just been lost in the shuffle or the red zone hasn't been on them uh, a whole lot. Tony and uh, Jim are doing Casey Indy at one. Maybe there's an upset with the with the big crew in the house. Could be. At Home Dogs Pod on Twitter, we'll get our picks out to you on Saturday. This will be a, a lot of deliberating, deliberating, maybe the toughest one of the season. Um, we'll see. It only gets trickier as we go along. But uh, I thought I thought we were seeing the board great. Now I'm I'm very discouraged after our discussion. Although <laughs> I think we ha- we have a lot of good sides. So Mark, send us out with some trivia, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Yeah, uh, let me just quickly recap last week's listener question. I had asked the listeners who had attempted the longest missed field goal. Uh, a bunch of people chimed in. We got guesses from Ian Halverson, Jeff Kung, Mike Schimmel, uh, Doug Breckner, all chiming in with with Sebastian Gant- Janikowski. Um, that was correct. He attempted a 76-yard field goal in 2008. I um, actually highly encourage uh, you to watch the kick on YouTube. It's great. Um, you get to see Jamarcus Russell, Wayne Kiffin. Um, and then as like Seabass is lining up with the kick, uh, Nance is getting all excited that it could happen. And then Phil Sims like corrects him. Like he's kicking into the wind. Um, it's funny. The Raiders were up 16, nothing when they lined up to kick. Um, and the kick ended up short at the end zone. And then the Rangers Raiders ended up losing the game 28, uh, 18. And then Wayne Kiffin, their head coach was, was fired after the game. So, um, a memory going down blaze of glory. Yeah. 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 Uh, so trivia for you guys this week. I, I thought I'd mix it up. Um, I didn't do a great job preparing, but um, you know, Mike, last week you mentioned you were listening to Primetime uh, with Chris Berman and Booger, and that got me juiced. So I thought it'd be fun um, if I named 
some players, and then you guys give me the Chris Berman nickname for those players. So I've broken this down into three tiers um, with four players in each tier. Um, I don't know if that's too many. Maybe we could do two players in each tier. Um, and I figure you guys can trade off and you could do, and we could just tally the score at the end. Um, so all the guys are NFL players, but as a non NFL player example, I would, you know, I would name a player and say Harold Baines and one of you would have to answer and give his, his Chris Berman nickname, which is Harold growing Baines. Um, <laughs> so you guys get the, get the yeah. concept. I got it. Very excited. I I, and by the way, I, I think it's great and I love it and I expect to get totally shut out here. <laughs> But this is awesome. Uh, so the first name is, and I don't know who wants to take it. Um, Trav can go first. Yeah. Ben Coates. This is tier one. Um, ben Coates of many colors. <laughs> like the guess. Uh, it's Ben Winter Coates, tight end for the Patriots. Uh, Mike, I would, I would have gotten that. I don't know if we're allowed to go for steel. Or oh, anything, I'm I sorry. Yeah, I I should no, 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 no. You're, I like this way better. It's fine. Okay. Uh, Andre Risen. Bad Moon. Andre Bad Moon Risen. Nice. That one I actually would have gotten. <laughs> uh, Eric Bienemy. Eric sleeping with Bienemy. Yes, yeah. Trav. Nicely done. The all timer. That's an all timer. Yeah, it's a great one. Um, okay, the last of the tier ones, Curtis Martin. My favorite. Yeah. Okay. Tier ones get you going. All right. We're moving up to tier My two. My favorite. Um, Amani Toomer, Trev. Oh, God. Amani Toomer's corners. I have no idea. Oh, Trying with this deal, Mike? Disappointing. No, I don't want to take it. It's, just, it's well dressed, Amani Toomer. Uh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, and that, damn it. Now that one I know. I think, uh, I, oh, no, he wouldn't do like it, Monty. It's not a tumor, right? Uh, no, but okay. that's where my head okay. went immediately. Right. I was going for the last name, but you're you're absolutely right. Well dressed, Monty Tumor. Uh, Jake Delum. Oh. Oh, that sounded like Berman, that O. Uh, I have two options. Uh, I want to say. Jake, Jake, daylight's come and you got it the long. <laughs> yes, nailed it. <laughs> Jake, daylight come and you got it the long. Uh, David Akers, Trav. Oh God. Um. No, I can think of it like Michelle Akers stall. Um. It's a color. It's a color. <laughs> Acres. It's the David Acres, please. Oh, David Green Acres. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> On the board. Thank you. That's it all. That's a very helpful clue, Mark. Thank you. Uh Mike, Ricky Waters. Oh. Uh I don't know if I know this one. Uh Ricky Running Waters? Yes. Muddy waters? Running That's waters. right. Oh, running. Yeah. That's so lazy. Wow. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> uh, all right. This is, the, this is the last year. I think these are pretty tough, um, but I'll, I'll throw them out there. Joseph Adai. Hmm. Joseph Adai, I used to know. I don't know. Ooh, she's good. Joseph Livin let 
a die. Uh, God, <laughs> these are that's good. Jesus, that's good. I don't know why I just don't think immediately back to like any music made in the seventies. Yeah. Like that just would go, <laughs> go way. You have to go way back with every reference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, John Kitna. John Kitna. Uh, I have no idea. John Kitna Caboodle. <laughs> that's terrible. Shout out Kid and Caboodle in Morristown for all your birthday party needs. <laughs> oh, shoot. I didn't even think about that. You should have given that one to trap. <laughs> uh, Jay Feely. Jay Feely, so good. Not bad. Jay Touchy Jay Touchy Feely. Feely. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> all right. And then the last one, Shane Matthews, quarterback for the Bears. Uh, Shane. I have no idea. The Shane Matthews Band. Oh, like Dave Matthews. That's terrible, Boom. Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> that's awful. That's awful. Uh, all right, we'll go. We'll go to draw this week. Um, I will do a better job preparing trivia for you guys next week. Oh, but, Mike killed uh, yeah. that, yeah. that was a great topic yeah. and a great job. Yeah, it was great. My personal favorite right. is Tim Passover Seder, uh, or David <laughs> David Supreme Court Justice. If we're going to yeah, I, I wanted to keep it football. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, uh, some great baseball ones. Uh, John, didn't Tim Bianca Batuka have a funny one or no? <laughs> he probably did. Could be wrong. I'm gonna Google it. Chris Berman, Tim Bianca. I don't know how to spell <laughs> Bianca Batuka. B-I-A-K-A. I got the spelling. I feel like if I just get close, it'll come up. Uh, oh wait, you missed Mark. Mark, Chris. <laughs> Fuamanta bad Malafala. <laughs> bad Malafala. Oh shit. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's a bad job uh, by me. Let, <laughs> All right. I think I have it here. Uh, what is Tim Biakabatuka? You're right. He definitely had a good one. Uh, damn. Yeah, I don't know. I'll find that out for next. Week. Sleeping with the enemy is pretty great. That's a great one. That's I'm great. Glad, I'm glad Trav got that. Um, all right, let me let me send the listeners out with uh, a question for next week. I, I'm going to provide a bit more of a challenge this week. Um, as, as, as I said, a lot of people chimed in with Seabass last week. Um, so here it goes. D- did you know that with 12 catches against the Tennessee Titans this past Monday, Stefan Diggs set the record for the highest total of receptions in NFL history for any player in his first 35 games with a team? Can you name the previous holder of this record. So what other player had the most receptions in their first 35 games with the team? Um, second to Stefan Diggs now. All right. I don't, I don't even know if I have a guess there, but we'll think about that one. You can leave us a reply on Spotify. If you're listening to us there, uh, right there in the chat, uh, you can answer the question and it'll go right to us, or you can text us. You can tweet at us at home dogs pod. That's where our trick. That's where our picks will be on Saturday. And we'll obviously recap, uh, how good or bad we did on there as well when the weekend's over. So uh, off to a great start, seven and three in both entries, 70% clip if you've just followed all our picks blindly the whole year. So uh, gotta love that. Uh, Keep riding with us and hopefully we won't let you down this week and we'll uh, talk to you for week four.